Hey, and welcome to episode 23 of the Thodcast. I'm your host, Philip Elke, and I'm joined by my brother. Hey, Dawson, how's it going? Hey, Philip, it's going awesome. How are you doing? Hey, doing well. Getting ready to get into this uh, latest edition of the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. Uh, are we necessarily talking about an animated film today? No, but no, there's... we're talking about the incredible animation of Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yes, that's not what we're talking about today. It's related in a sense. Uh, yes, uh, Shazam from Warner Brothers Woo. and DC Comics. Uh, we'll be talking about that today. Um, the latest superhero before a uh, superhero film to come out before avengers debuts tomorrow or uh i guess yeah um avengers will be um officially debuting tomorrow as of the date of this podcast release so in honor of that um we, we wanted to talk about this little movie that uh, that we enjoyed quite a bit I have a quick question for you. I want to get your take on whether this is valid. Uh, I told a friend of mine that Shazam was so awesome, and he said, great, I'll wait till it comes out on video. And I asked, why? It's, I just told you it was amazing. And he said, because gearing up for Avengers, I don't want to watch any DC movies. I'm just in a Marvel mood. Do you think that's huh. valid? That's, that's, that's kind of odd. Yeah. I, um, no, because, you know, if you enjoy marvel films marvel cinematic universe films you're not going to discriminate between warner and, or a dc and marvel you're just going to enjoy like a quality experience inside the pages of a or the panels of a comic book indeed um and i you can't even use superhero fatigue as an excuse because shazam uh was a superhero steroid injection um as opposed to fatigue or it was a it was a drink of energy drink or coffee it was uh, a, yeah it was it was a superhero reinvigoration breath, yeah breath, breath of, of fresh, fresh air, air. Mm -hmm. breath of fresh the wild but, but it definitely was a smaller scale experience uh and you know and that's the... what made it so fresh in a sense <laughs> i think very true very true ticket prices can be prohibitive if you don't have something like amc a-list which we have but um no, it's it's absolutely worth seeing in theaters. There'll be plenty of opportunity for listeners to go check it out in theaters as a counter-programming to uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, I hope I didn't refer to it as Infinity War earlier in the recording or something. I, I don't think I did. Oh, that's happening so often. I'm not, oh. I can't even... Well, because Infinity War sounds like the ultimate. Like, you can't go higher yeah. than Infinity War. So Endgame is is a great title, but... Well, it was originally going to be Affinity War Part 1 and Part 2. Thank goodness they, they just gave them separate titles. That would have been really cheesy. Why couldn't it be Avengers Infinity War Part 2 Endgame? Like uh, a Kingdom Hearts title. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm much prefer <laughs> <laughs> keeping it simpler. Yeah. Yeah, Avengers yeah. Endgame. It's good. 368 days over two or whatever. <laughs> um, okay, getting into Shazam a little bit. Um, so this was released in uh april uh what was the release date april 20 no no i thought it was 15th but i think it came out earlier than that april 5th 5th mm -hmm. that's it i was mm -hmm. well and we were originally going to do a different episode this week we, we weren't sure we were going to get to shazam on the show uh but uh, we've got some other people lined up to talk about our next subject that uh, should be out next week 
And unfortunately, that film is declining rapidly in relevance. Uh, however, I don't, I don't think, and, and I think it's worth mentioning. Just yeah, we were going to review it, but we saw it and changed our mind because it wasn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, it's it's not doing well at the box office. It it didn't look all that enticing to begin with. You know, it's the new film from Leica, Missing Link. Stay tuned next week for that episode. But um, yeah, unfortunately, as of right now, it only has thirteen, you know, almost fourteen million at the box office. Um, it, I think it got generally positive reviews. But, it, you know, you and I both saw it. It was kind of tepid, wouldn't you say? Tepid's a good word for it. Another word is boring. <laughs> I didn't really expect But visually, though, like the art oh, design, the visually. production, it's worth seeing on that alone, I feel. You know, uh, I don't find the, all that. It is stunning and gorgeous and breathtaking. Yes, uh, technically and aesthetically. But I will say that I don't find the aesthetic of the of the faces of the characters nearly as appealing as the um, who's the studio that brings us Chicken Run and Wallace. Oh, and Aardman. Mm-hmm. Aardman. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. way pointier. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. Like every yeah. every English person had just this carrot snowman nose, and yeah. he had an absurdly crescent moon shaped face, yeah. and it just was distracting. I I, I love uh, a visual style and a sense of appeal that is unique and edgy, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it it, it mean, wasn't my favorite, but maybe others would be more than understandably so, disagree. I guess, yeah, just a little admonition for people to go check that out while you can, because I don't even know if it'll be, you know, I'm sure some theaters will probably be dropping it after two or three weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, incredible amount of work though that went, went into it. And we'll talk about it more in the episode next yeah. week. It's like five years that it yeah, took it's, it's, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. All right, anyways, so Shazam. It's probably better than Boyhood, which took 12. <laughs> <laughs> one, one interesting thing I noted about this movie, and as good as it was, it still kind of fell prey to some of the standard um, tropes of big, you know, modern superhero blockbusters. Uh, I'm talking about Shazam now. Um, remember, the original Spider-Man had that infamous Dr. Pepper product placement scene. <laughs> um, it also contained within a, uh, oh gosh... I, I can't really keep this PG, but a scene that was sort of meant to um, uh, riff on a certain activity that men might do in behind closed doors, young males. In Spider-Man <laughs> or Shazam? That? In the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Do you remember that? No. I, how oh, do I not? He's learning how to use his webs, and, he's, and he shoots it at a, a Dr. Pepper can. Um, and it was just like a very... like. Uh, obvious product placement that people found distracting oh uh, w- not distracting enough for me um, no I, I mean because dr pepper is the thing that exists in this world and it's popular so yeah yeah i would notice it now but definitely back back then i i wouldn't um i've been wa- I've, I've been watching a little trailer park boys and that's got the opposite problem every single product they use has is blurred um, so, uh, cars and they're holding so many different kinds of beer cans and, um, you know, oh, and, yeah. and bags of chips, they're all bags of chips and, uh, beef jerkies. And it's just, sometimes the whole frame is just blurred. Mm. Um, and, and when I say I've been watching it, I just mean, I've been catching up a, a few episodes, um, sporadically 
it's very different from what we're talking about, which is Shazam. Um, is there a lot, what's the obvious product but, placement in Shazam that bothers so, you? So uh, the same company, A&W 7-Up Dr. Pepper, is the soda uh, endorsement for uh, you know the soda pop company endorsement for this movie, Shazam, which I, I think is kind of appropriate because Shazam is sort of like the 7-Up of superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make, if you pair him with saltines, he'll make your stomach aches go away. Yeah. If you ask people like, is 7-Up owned by Pepsi or Coke? They'll tell you they don't know. They'll maybe say, oh, isn't that just its own thing? Which it is. Uh, but yeah, Shazam, if you would have asked people, you know, a few months ago, who is Shazam? Is he DC or Marvel? They, most people would have no clue. And, and of course, the character has gone under different names in the past in the comics um and, and he has he's yeah. known by many names um, well he used to be called captain marvel so that that would lead to some oh my what mm -hmm. yeah both dc and marvel have had a captain marvel um and it's all very complicated like comic book history is rife with changes in ownership just different ip um acquisitions and disputes so so when was the first <laughs> shazam issue issued i, I don't know i uh, i haven't done a, a ton of research on here i like i don't have the uh, wikipedia up because it's this this is mo mostly supposed to be just our impressions of the film yes no that, and that's totally fine i because i what i just didn't know going into it because i obviously didn't care but if i happened across the information great but like is shazam an old cornball dc comic or is it a new intentionally chunk tongue-in-cheek comic um mm -hmm. i i think it's always meant to be fairly tongue-in-cheek um well because it was like what if what if in 1939 they were very serious about this shazam wizard uh and then um they were like, well, we need to make a goofy movie. It's like, oh my gosh, this property is absurd. Like the characters are literally named Shazam. Like let's take that core um, taking itself seriously idea and make it something tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. I, I guess that's what I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the case because at one point in time, Shazam, you know, it, it wasn't a joke word. It was like a, the same thing as abracadabra. It's like a, you know, mm -hmm. it's a magic phrase. So to have a they, wizard named Sajam would not have been absurd in, in the 40s, uh, but it is now. <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, you know, Wikipedia article on Shazam for the comics is headed with Captain Marvel. So uh, that, that, I guess, is his more prominent uh, moniker within the, the actual comics. Well, he totally, Shazam totally whooped up on Captain Marvel in this year of <laughs> our Lord, AD. Uh, Wait, in what? my humble opinion. What did you say? Um, oh. I, I, I liked Shazam better than Captain Marvel as a movie. Yeah, well, Mick, Captain Marvel has tripled its growth. So, I mean, in uh, terms of success. How did, <laughs> how did Shazam sell? I have, I, I don't, that's another thing I don't pay attention to unless I happen upon the information. Well, it, okay, it's doing fairly well. It's um, it's more than doubled its you know production budget worldwide. Yay! So it'll get a sequel, but like it's it hasn't crossed four hundred million globally. It might crawl across that mark at some point, 
Um, so it wasn't a smash success. Is what it, you... Well, for it was only $100 million uh, estimated budget, which is pretty low for a superhero movie nowadays. Which is um, nice. Um, it did yeah. it. Oh, was its opening weekend strong? Uh, yeah, 53 million opening weekend in the U.S. As of right now, domestically, it has 124 million. So I'm throwing out a lot of boring numbers. No, that's okay. But Captain Marvel had a huge opening weekend and has continued to, and was a much bigger budgeted film. So it's continued mm-hmm. to see returns yeah. on that. And um, the, the Marvel bump is a huge factor with that film. Yeah, just a lot of goodwill on the part of um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. DC Comics, on the other hand, not quite as much. Although uh, Aquaman performed really well, I I could not tell you like heads or tails of that movie. I saw it, but like <laughs> I was just. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that Django Fett is so wonderfully charming and mm-hmm. uh, is a wonderful dad. And his the the opening five minute prologue where Django Fett and Nicole Kidman have a relationship uh, was was almost as lovely as the five minute prologue in Up, uh, and then the movie mm-hmm. went wild from there. But that was mm-hmm. yeah, my favorite part of it was the dad and the, his mermaid wife, and then the scenes where he and his son like go to the bar and drink together, and uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was some well, so that was I. We're going to talk about who know you know all kinds of aspects of this movie, but I wanted to get your thoughts on: Do you see Shazam as a revitalization, a reinvigoration, and a signal of new direction for DC going forward? Uh, yeah, I I think so. Um, it's definitely one of the better, you know, reputation-wise films from uh, DC Universe. So I think they'll they'll be leaning. Uh, quite a bit on on the character and i i don't know how they'll necessarily construct their broader cinematic universe from now on i think they're they're not trying to go the marvel route anymore and necessarily keep their keep everything very contained into one universe um but i guess if, if they do team ups uh, you know in the future they probably will just call upon the same actors um you know we'll probably see zachary levi and at least um uh arthur curry what's his name the aquaman oh aquaman dude. yeah uh, uh da, da, da. drogo called <laughs> anyways uh they'll they'll probably be in a movie together at some point okay um but not necessarily as strict you're saying gal Gadot, cinem- she'll probably be you know but yeah, well, uh, like not as strict of a canon as mm-hmm. as Marvel's been doing. No, suspect. I don't think so. I think it's just they're, they're too expensive and they haven't performed well enough. Uh, we, I mean, we may not see Henry Cavill back as Superman. I think that's still up in the air. And and Ben Affleck's definitely out as uh, as Batman. Definitely out. But they are doing another uh, Suicide Squad with James Gunn as the director oh mm-hmm um and that there's of that course sounds promising there's this joker standalone which is just going to be its own thing i mean that's it'll be kind of like it's not like, dc cinematic universe no it, i mean it'll be as separate from the dc current lineup as like you know the tv show gotham or, or the dc tv shows um It'll just be an interesting take, though, on on the character and the source material. I'm sure uh, there is 
I guess, a Birds of Prey movie with Margot Robbie in the works uh, as well. So uh, some interesting things coming out, usually um, having to do with lesser known characters. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what, have you remembered his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, gosh. Yes. Um, Jeremy Jordan. No. Um, Anyways, Shazam was created in 1939, by the way. So he dates okay. way back. Um, okay. So Captain Marvel first appeared in Wiz Comics number two, um, published by Fawcett Comics, uh, created by C.C. Beck and writer Bill Parker. Uh, he's the alter ego of Billy Batson, a boy who, by speaking the magic word Shazam, uh, which is an acronym of the six immortal elders, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury, uh, can Shut transform himself. Up! That's the coolest lore ever. Yeah, that's pretty legit. This amalgamation of well, they're all Greek, I suppose. But like Atlas is a Titan, Hercules is a demigod, Zeus is father god, and oh, Solomon, yeah. the biblical. Oh, and character. King Solomon himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. God bless it. And then that the, I love the the Greek pantheon takes on the seven deadly sins. Like that's a fun mashup. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. So the six immortal elders and the seven deadly sins. Um, the the rogues gallery consists of primary arch enemies, Black Adam, Dr. Savannah, who was in this film, and Mr. Mind. Mr. Mind. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all the background we really need to know. I mean, there's probably says in here, oh, uh, Shazam joined the Justice League in 1976 for their you know, special team up event, uh, you know. Bicentennial edition. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I'd like to see Shazam appear as sort of a, a lead figure in the Justice League if they were to go that direction. But I think it's kind of hard to say um, considering the uh, performance of. I mean, these will always be hugely popular characters Batman and Superman. Um, yes. Yes, they will. So now. What I was basically thinking is like, what are what are the favorite DC movies? Wonder Man is probably the audience favorite. Aquaman performed well and was a tonal shift from the Zack Snyder dark mm-hmm. DC movies. So Wonder Woman and Aquaman seem to have a similar tone. Um, you know, they're they it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's not just the solidly dark, abysmal nightmare. It's uh, yeah. you know more of that lighthearted. So- not the same level as Marvel. Pause. Uh, Jason Momoa, by the way. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then Shazam had this totally, well, I say totally lighthearted, but then I have to pause because this movie had some amazing, serious, dark, grim content in it. Um, you know, real, heavy hitting, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally mm-hmm. meaningful. It had a lot of weight, but it was all within this lower budget comedy adventure atmosphere, which was awesome. And basically I thought, which Shazam, even though it was more like Marvel and that it had humor and adventure, it was, it still felt so distinct, um, probably due to the lower budget look and tone. And I'm thinking if the Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and now Shazam, that, 
that tone blends together. Let's keep DC going in that direction. And then we can throw in Superman and Batman and um, Batman will still always be edgier, but we can keep that, that we can go back a bit to that Superman, you know, 1970s, Christopher Reeves, da, mm-hmm. da, 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 like, Oh yes. That, that Superman fits so much better mm-hmm. in the universe of, of Shazam and wonder woman and, and the Aquaman movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's like, it, cause it's, it's not copying Marvel. It's just saying like, look, superhero movies don't have to be what the Snyder films were. They can, you know, like, Mm-hmm. This it's just more fun to watch <laughs> non Snyder films. So anyway. yeah, just cleave the Snyderverse into its own separate category, so that we can have an introduce like a newer, younger Bruce Wayne, for example, because uh, mm-hmm. that would yeah. that would try to get really you know that would get really complicated if they tried to, to integrate that uh, canon into you know the, all the movies going forward. Yeah, I mean, I got the sense that Shazam was supposed to fit into that world. Like, I mean, everything. More or less. Yeah, but it was just like seeing seeing it from a different perspective, a more mm-hmm. human, in my opinion, perspective. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, the, the main uh, hindrance is just the age of uh, Ben Affleck and Bruce Wayne, like how he's kind of coming in at the end of his road. Um in yeah. Batman v Superman, um, and it you know it'd be unfortunate if. Although I mean I'd I'd be totally on board like if all the DC extended universe films moving forward uh, just featured an older Batman as sort of a a consultant mentor yeah mentor um, yeah and and like yeah. The, you know, introduce the Batman um, Beyond character from like the animated series. Absolutely. He can, and if, you know, a Robin or a Nightwing or, um, you know, there are a couple different characters who, who take on the Robin sort of persona, mm-hmm. they can be in. Because, yeah, like Batman, Ben Affleck, old Batman as a superhero, can't hold a candle to someone like a Shazam. He never could to Superman. Somehow they made the two work um, as well, leader of Justice League. But Batman's role is definitely more investigative and sleuthy and tech and support and, you know, mm-hmm. the bank. Of the mm-hmm. operation yeah i mean batman's just like he's a literal genius and he understands human nature so um he's he's always been you know extraordinarily valuable like it, it makes sense that he is he has the status that he does within you know the pantheon of modern comics and he is like the best superhero ever Pretty much. I mean, he, you know, yeah. um, so it doesn't, it's he's never really mattered that he yeah. is less powerful technically than Superman. Um, also the highest selling, I believe. Hey. Mm-hmm. Not that that necessarily is an indicator of uh, quality, but, um, it's, but a, test, it's really, a yeah. testament to his resonation with, um, with, with humanity, as you just said. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> we, love, we love watching Batman. He's uh, mm-hmm. the hero that we need. Even if it isn't deserved. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Re- resonation is that what you said? Reson- it, it, Re- he, resonance. He, resonance. Res- oh my word! Sorry, not to be that guy. I just, no, uh, please be that guy because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I need to be corrected. Um, no, no. Resonance I, is a more is a more beautiful word. Anyway. 
I was just guessing. Um, yeah, so the movie uh, starts off, and we're not necessarily going to summarize the entire thing, but like the uh, a couple of issues I have were like the ages of the characters and, and the casting slash makeup. Because, um, you know, you, you start off in 1974 um, with the... Uh, Thaddeus Savannah the, as a young child, and then he'd later be portrayed as uh, by Mark Strong in a modern day. So that is 30, what, fast math, uh, over 40 years ago. That's 45 years ago, 1974. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, Mark Strong, he's in his, he's maybe close to 60 now. Um, so a, that works. He, yeah. If he started the film as like a 10 or 12 year old and then aged 40, 40 odd years. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like his dad didn't look any different. Portrayed by the actor John Glover, by the way. That is true. His yeah. dad should have been a decrepit are just decaying and um, it, it could have worked. They could have gone full Mr. Dawes Sr. from Mary Poppins with him. But like, yes, yes they could have. They just gave him a little bit of old age makeup and put him on an electric wheelchair and were like, good to go. Yep. No, that's a great point. They could have done, could have done more there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I, minor gripe. Like, uh, and I was a little confused with uh, Billy Batson's mom, his origin. Um, she, she was 17. She says, um, it, it sounds as if she's saying that that was her age when she left him, but yes. that would have meant she had him when she was like 15 or 14. And, and she was married at one happens, point. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it could happen. I, I think she meant she was 17 when she had him. Um, and then she yeah. probably married the father like right out of the gate. Um, but then he probably left the picture before Billy could remember him. Um, but he's, he has his father's name still and then yeah she abandoned him with the cops um you know when he was around three so he still knew his name but pretty much nothing else Uh, i spent a lot of time after the film like processing that scenario Um, yeah it was very bizarre but i mean conceivable you can you can literally just walk away from your kid and not be found when the cops seek you out or when, when, you know, yeah. when whoever, like the, here's this kid. I don't know where my mom is. She's let's find her or, and she, and a quick, a simple name change was enough to get him off the trail for. all. Yeah. Those- I don't, I don't really know how she wasn't tracked down, but I, I think there's a thing where like, if you leave your child at uh you know, with the authorities anonymously, like they'll take take it in. Um, I'll be, they'll you know, take on a, a ward of the state. I, I think so, but <laughs> I don't know. Like if, if Dumbledore left a baby on our doorstep today, social services would not have it. They'd be like, okay, whose is this actually? Um, yeah. I mean, who knows? It's a comic book movie. They might be taking liberties. So, but yeah, it was a a little bit of a hang up for me. It was, well, I, I mean, I loved it emotionally, um, but I was just trying to think about it technically. I mean, what a heartbreaking scenario. If, if you can, if that happens and well, obviously horrible things do happen to people. So it's like whether that scenario exactly 
wouldn't necessarily occur. Like there's so much abandonment and um, seeking in this world. And then their depiction of you know foster parents and the foster care system, I thought was really, really a nice anchor to the whole film. Mm-hmm. Daily bats. I choose you as Jake. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Are you for real? Say it's okay! Say my name. That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. This is proof of authenticity. Super strength. Electricity manipulation. Hyperspeed. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Then there's a Minnesota reference. <laughs> Billy Batson was born. He in, was born, yeah. In, uh, is the director like David Sandberg from Minnesota or something? I thought I might have heard he was at one point. That that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah the dynamic of the kids in the in the foster home and the parents too like were really appealing characters uh, Victor and Rosa and then the um, the kids were what well, Mary was the oldest of course Freddie Freeman uh, superhero name <laughs> Freddie Freeman uh, yeah uh, outstanding young actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was incredible. Uh, he, like he, um, he sold the whole movie for me. Jack, Ty, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer is his name. Um, anyways, yeah, incredible actor. Uh, he he's um, in it as he plays Eddie in it. Oh, um, so that's where I've seen him. Otherwise, uh, I little little more toned down performance in that movie. I think the. Uh, yeah, the rest of the kids include um, Darla and Pedro and Eugene. I don't mm-hmm. know, probably not a nod to um, lead actor Zachary Levi's uh, previous character uh, as a voiceover performance in a Disney animated film. But it just as it just might could be, just a might nod. could be a nod to, of course, Flynn Rider. Uh, from our very own Flynn Rider from 2010's Tangled. Uh, so, AKA Eugene Fitzherbert. <laughs> that's right. I wanted to say Eugene Meltzner, but that's Adventures in Odyssey. And that's a oh different boy. Eugene. What a poll. Um, yeah. The, the OG Eugene, let's be honest. And the name Eugene has a bad rap. I don't know if the, it was mentioned in this a movie yeah it's up there with like poindexter for some reason and eugene is is such a more noble name than poindexter but uh-huh well i don't this, that's not a real name yes it is i mean it's, it? a, it's a last name isn't it i i don't know if anyone's been given the first name it's probably happened but kind of cruel if so or uh, spencer maybe but spencer's kind of a cool word that's now. A cool name it used to be maybe nerd name anyway i'm not i'm not gonna yeah zachary levi uh, turns in a, an incredible performance as the 
uh, aged up version of Billy Batson. Uh, the younger, he's 14. Um, what does he say? Practically 14? Or, so he's practically quite, 15. Practically right? 15. Something That's what like, I thought. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's 14 going on 15. Which makes his incoming relationship with Darla more power, or Mary more palatable because she's 18, <laughs> 17. Well, they, yeah, they, like as we mentioned last episode, they aren't portrayed to have any like romantic chemistry in this film. Um, even though Mary's really cute and she could totally like be a, a crushable character. But uh, no, I, I, it might mean that in a future film, she won't serve as a love interest. Although, um, you know, going into spoiler territory, uh, it seems as though each of these other, um, like I had no idea the significance that these other foster kids would play into the overall film. Did not suspect that at all. Yes. So I would very much love to see them all return and play a, a big part in Shazam 2. Yeah, that might be one of the most satisfying climaxes in a film I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And the little joke, the joke that they managed, you know, it would have been just as epic if they all, I wouldn't have noticed if they didn't put that joke in. You know what I'm talking about? Where he, you know, they all put the hands on the staff and he says, say my name. I like wouldn't have noticed if they didn't do the joke where they all say Billy. Oh, but I'm yeah. so glad they did. Like that was, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's probably obvious, but yeah. I died. I but, absolutely died. Yeah, a lot of nice little texture in this movie. They like they take the time to, uh, you know, to insert just the sort of unexpected. It felt, like. mm-hmm. it felt like a movie that took its time to really just flesh things out mm-hmm. and great, feel great screenplay. Yeah. Um, who's Asher Angel is uh, the kid who plays young Billy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Asher and, Angel, Jack, and and Jack Gyllenhaal. Got see. it. So some writers, uh, screenplay by Henry Gaden. So deserves a little bit of credit here. There was story. A, oh, uh, story by Henry Gaden, Darren Lemke. Okay. Uh, yeah. There was a nice little supporting role uh, scene with a school security guard uh between zach levi and freddie oh. and the school security guard it's just a really funny really nice scene and you know that's the kind of actor who like what a fun what a fun you know role because some middle-aged guys out there in hollywood you know wants to be in movies probably you know and it's like mm-hmm. oh I, i'm the security guard you know in shazam <laughs> and it's just awesome <laughs> uh, so you you memorable kind of, exchange you gleaned a little bit of meta humor from that moment with the uh the security guard and his connection to the the actual actor playing him? <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, though when you put it that way, maybe that's true. Um, I just, before spending time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. anytime, you know, in any, in any big movie, I just assume that like every actor is like famous or rich and that is not at all necessarily true because uh, I've gotten to meet uh, I got to meet some people who like were supporting roles in big movies. But that does not at all mean that they're famous or that that mm-hmm. was uh, or that or that they made like consistent careers out of that. So that's yeah. something I've been trying to pay more attention to is supporting characters in big movies. Um, 
and even you know looking up the rest of their work and you know where do they go from there because uh, it's just you know it's really it's really cool for someone who I don't obviously know nothing about that particular character but it was one scene one older guy you know maybe he's maybe he's only done commercials or maybe he's only done I don't even know his name but uh <laughs> um hmm. yeah just cool. so, so many bit parts uh that, yes uh, and I love I love bit parts. I love when there's a lot of full, just a big cast full of characters that all get this that all get a little moment to for the leads to you know interact with. It just mm-hmm. yeah really yeah. paints a picture. Um, so Billy Batson was born in Zumbrota, Minnesota, which is also the birthplace of Shazam creator C.C. Beck. Uh, oh. Another Minnesota connection is the Savannah Industries building. It's actually the IDS Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which I didn't notice. Shut up! What? Yeah, uh, that that was I. I mean, was that Minneapolis? I should have recognized it if it was the actual like Minneapolis skyline. Maybe it was a little closer up on it, so it could appear to actually be philadelphia where this film is set that's worth a google right there um look up a scene they they could have just like digitally you know copied and pasted from minneapolis skyline to philadelphia amazing fully customizable cities in the new world of cinema Mm -hmm. it says here so this was a question that we had uh how jacked is Zachary Levi in this movie? Well, it says here, Zachary Levi packed on 20 pounds of muscle for the film, putting his weight at 220 pounds. Um, and uh, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. He looked good. The post, in the posters and billboards, he looked like absurdly jacked, but then in the movie, it, it made more sense to me. It, yeah, the suit might be a little padded. I mean, it's kind of an elaborate suit with a lot, lot going on. Yeah, thick material, maybe. Thick material, yes. Uh, I, I absolutely love the suit. <laughs> I do, too. The, oh, the cave. That, that, the kid, Pedro, like points out, he was wearing this white cape like he was going to a wedding or something. <laughs> he was going. <laughs> absolutely. It's the dorkiest cape. Uh, the the most beautiful it's it it echoes it's this homage to like medieval regality and it's just just so out of place and janky and doesn't work and only goes down to like what mid thigh or something yeah it's just everything it's all wrong (laughs) but it and it's got a hood which is so extra um like what is (laughs) to keep the rain out i guess i don't know yeah yeah, the, I mean, the costume doesn't necessarily fit with the whole, like, underground lair aesthetic of, uh, you know, the... Um, of medieval wizards. Medieval no, it, yeah. it's like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, should we uh, maybe mention some of the more animated uh, features of this and um, live yes. action feature? Uh, the, the Seven Deadly Sins, like, the designs there, um, I... Those were interesting. Uh, <laughs> they were kind of not that distinguished. Um, no, the only one that was obvious was Gluttony. And and Levi even had a scene where he was telling the villain, he's like, I have looked at all these creatures and I have figured out who they were, which I thought was funny because as an audience member, I was trying to do that and could not. Um mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, to be fair, he is actually in the movie. 
uh, and capable of. Uh, <laughs> he's got he's got that he's advantage. Got a better view, That's true. vantage point. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I, uh, I saw it twice. So like I was able to sort of determine they, they, the design is, isn't the greatest. Uh, I mean, it's just, I guess, part of the, the lower budget, the film, um, they're, they're, yeah, they're a little on the Gennaro side. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. G- or, uh, Mr. Gennaro, <laughs> um, the blood sucking wire, the, um, yeah, they they look like mud monsters. I don't know, but um, some cool designs nonetheless. Like the the pride one is is like a big tall demon gargoyle with wings. Uh, kind of makes sense that like he he's lofty above everyone else, so he he has wings. And, I don't know the last one yeah. is just like this creepy thing with a long tongue. I guess <laughs> is that what? Uh, I, okay, <laughs> it's, it's just very like uh, lascivious, always drooling. I don't know the uh, the envy one. I, that was a good uh, moment in the movie when he's yeah um, trying to lure out the envy monster because like once they possess Mark Strong, that's what gives his character the power. And if if they all leave his body, you know, his character is vulnerable. So that that was a cool, uh, you know, villain, um, as, uh, I guess, attribute to his character. Yeah, you have these outlandish, you know, just very. It's a wizard versus the seven deadly sins, but the incorporation of those, you know, tropey, outlandish ideas was was really clever and fun and detailed Mm -hmm. the um the moment at the beginning of course when you have the young thaddeus being tempted was was very effective for me um i that was an amazing scene philip that was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite beginnings of a movie almost like ever Mm -hmm. that hit me Mm -hmm. anyway and really, like compelling motiva- motivation for the character moving forward. You understand why he he would, like he literally says later in the film, um, you know that this you know power isn't meant for a, a good guy or whatever. And he, and he just flat out says, you know, I'm I'm no good guy. You know, yeah, can't remember how he phrased it, but I'm no. That and that whole question, yeah, that whole issue of like he Shazam is looking for a character, someone who's pure of heart, pure of and heart. Billy is like, you, you cannot find one, not even one, in the yeah. whole city of of uh, Sodom, and you know, anyway. it's yeah, very, I guess, <laughs> very high standards, or else the the power of the seven deadly sins is just too powerful that no one who gets summoned to the, the lair of Shazam. You know, has the ability to withstand. Yeah, that was that crazy. Whole. There's so many. There's so many chosen ones mm-hmm. across fiction, and everyone in real world wants to be a chosen one. Mm-hmm. So imagine you have the chance to be the chosen one, but you are immediately overwhelmed by your first obstacle, and you miss <laughs> the chance to be the chosen one. And yeah. they and he doesn't even do you the courtesy of wiping your memory. Like you're left remembering oh, yeah. that as a poor, <laughs> unfortunate, sad, lonely, abused child. You had the chance to become the chosen one, but then you go back to your world and mm-hmm. ugh, so incredible motivation for the main villain to like center his life around finding that again, mm-hmm. finding that darn wizard and his darn underground lair. Mm-hmm. 
great stuff. Yeah. And the only reason Billy is given the, you know, the Shazam power is because there is no opportunity, you know, that Thaddeus is already coming in and stolen the seven deadly sins. So, you know, the next yeah. person who, um, you know, Jamon Hansu picks is, uh, given the shazam powers by default <laughs> so yeah i really like that too because i so after watching thaddeus fail the whole time i was like what is it gonna be about billy that makes him so special and it ended up being there wasn't it it was <laughs> yeah his hand was forced like i was super concerned at the beginning when the first thing we see billy do is hijack a police car it's like what how is yeah. this character going to be redeemed in any way and like he didn't actually drive off with it so that would have landed him in the slammer for sure but like he, he just used it to do that was whole that was kind of weird how <laughs> he was trying to find his mother using a license plate how i don't know how that could possibly provide a link uh, but i we didn't see that whole story so Okay, nope. that yeah, that made me like think the movie was set in the eighties or nineties or something because I was like, why isn't he using the internet? Why is he doing this complicated thing with the police? Car? How did he get his mom's but, license plate, but not her actual like address? Or how did he not see her? I, so many questions. Oh, that's but, what he was uh, using. Well, he was he was oh. typing in a license plate number to find the address associated with it. It turned out not to be his mom. It was just this another person named Batson, but um, I don't know. Yeah, gotcha. it seemed like a, a bit of a screenplay cop out, but it's, you know, who knows? It's kind of like Zootopia with the uh, you know, maybe he had an in at the DMV or something, and I don't know. They could tell <laughs> him they could tell him the license plate number, but not the address of the person. Funny, uh, I I forgot that it had anything to do with the license plate. So, because yeah. for the most part, the adventure seemed really to make sense. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that that beginning with the police car was seemed like mm -hmm. a little more elaborate than you'd ever find in real life. But mm -hmm. hey, it was it was cool. I like the cool Goonies esque <laughs> hijinks. I like the Rocky connection. One of my favorite lines was like when. Uh, uh, Billy, you know, Shazam and Freddie, they're up on the steps and he's like, ah, this is a great view. I understand why Rocky trains so hard to get up here. <laughs> so, such, a, oh, such a brilliant lead. Yeah. <laughs> such a brilliant line. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what more else there is to say. Uh, some of the, some more distracting product placement was like every time you see Freddie, he's wearing a different DC Comics character T-shirt. This is a little on the nose, but he's he's a big fan of superheroes. He's a huge fan, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, the the bullies were a little like crazy over the top. It's like they pull up oh, in this yeah. pickup and like they they freaking just ram him with with their fender. It's like shouldn't they be thrown in jail? <laughs> yeah, that was something. I mean. These yeah. things do happen. I mean, bullies yeah. in school can, you'd be amazed, but like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> they deserved having their car destroyed, but. Uh, yeah, the yeah. vindication in this movie across the board was just awesome. Any, yeah. the, the sense of justice and getting what's deserved uh, was really, really nice. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. At the end, I mean, it, it was kind of surprising we didn't actually see uh, yeah, full spoilers here, but like uh, when, when Superman does show up in the cafeteria, it wasn't actually Henry Cavill. Just you know, we never saw his face. But um, what so. a shame. Come on, Henry. What but, are you but doing? We did. We did get uh, John Williams. Superman. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Yes, that gave that filled me with so much hope and joy mm-hmm. for a new age where that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, a, a new direction for DC. It's like, let's bring some of that back. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, if only and I'm sure that's probably what we'll be seeing next. Yeah, the nature of characters like Superman and Batman is that, you know, it'll never be too long before a new attempt is made at bringing them to life. I mean, just see all the the TV iterations of these characters as well. It's like, mm. you, know, you want a surefire hit. Um, these characters are a good bet. Um, but yeah, yeah Shazam, uh, great to see a lesser known character getting a shot and having it be really effective. Um, it's sort of like, yeah, a superhero version of big uh, and, and also interesting having this boy, you know, who, yeah, like, you know, we mentioned how Billy, he got the powers by default. So therefore, it's shown that he's not very responsible with them, of course. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing him grow and like do the some kinds of things you'd expect like a young boy to do if, if they got all this power um really really interesting but also you know not go totally crazy or evil with it he just sort of you know he he just he's still himself yeah Um, he was relatable and likable and you you saw him grow and of course um, i've I've heard one criticism which is that like he he does change quite a bit from the zachary levi version to the the younger version um i i don't necessarily buy that um, what's wrong with that wait wait what do you mean like, like the personality like... is is different from the asher angel version to uh, zachary levi like when he's the kid he's all you know, depressed and glum uh and mean uh and, and then when he's zachary levi he's like hip and upbeat and like jokey um, i i really buy that because if you can change yourself into an adult superhero that's going to improve your mood i would yeah um, that's exactly <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely yeah it's going to give you a new you're going to feel a new persona and edge like oh dude yeah, yeah like I'm- and and like the power isn't it's a noble power it's not from evil spirits so it is not designed to be corrupting to begin with so um you know it would makes sense he retains some some of his nobility um and just doesn't go totally power mad yeah yeah that's good however that works <laughs> yeah i get what's the worst thing he does in this movie i mean he takes selfies with people for money <laughs> he's like one a chick walks away from him and he's like you know usually people pay me <laughs> oh but but that's all right um yeah yeah he never does anything he, really bad he's just he's kind of a, a jerk to freddy um yeah. he doesn't show up when he's you know to help i don't remember him ever committing to to that though actually so because mm-hmm. freddy put him on the spot there you know mm-hmm. there they had a really contentious um well, he shouldn't but, be skipping school i mean geez 
if you're a superhero, you can skip school. <laughs> um, no, true. Uh, I mean, the, the the worst thing he did was an accident, which was yeah. that bus with the lightning. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he made up for that. So All right. So maybe in the sequel, get to see him uh, tempted a little more uh, towards the dark side. Well, we all know the sequel is just going to be that war between all of the Shazams. Um, you know. <laughs> They, they start a feud. Yeah, uh, dealing with conflict and coming together as a team because that's... Uh, it can never, and that, that is one aspect that never got like fully resolved. Like, what, what is this character's name? I mean, so I'm, I'm totally comfortable with calling, you know, he's Captain Marvel in the comics and Shazam's like the magic word that he says, although I think now his official name is Shazam because... You know, Captain Marvel is owned by Marvel. Um, although may- maybe they both share the the copyright. Um, I didn't get that far on the Wikipedia page, but the um, uh, if his actual name is Shazam, well then he can't say I am Shazam because then he'll just you know switch back to his other form. True. So um, maybe are they going to take on the names of their ancestors, Solomon, Hercules, and et cetera? <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, that it'll just be kind of one of those weird things. Um, his name will be Shazam, but I guess he just he has to rely on other people knowing that. <laughs> or else, <laughs> I mean, he does use that as like an actual power of his during combat, the, the lightning coming down and yeah an awesome escape uh tool it was really that was really cool too Mm -hmm. it's an an offensive capability that he has along with his other various powers that that was really fun the exploring i did think it was a little inconsistent how like when you because sometimes he did that he said shazam to as a in a stealthy way but other times use it almost as an attack like the lightning of the transformation you Mm -hmm. know cause damage and then other times he just like he did it in a school building and it was fine and Mm -hmm. the guard didn't notice so obviously just wiggle wiggle room for you know yeah and like because it causes damage to anything that's you know if there's anything above him it'll get (laughs) zapped yeah it was like if he was in a place where it'd be inconvenient to cause damage it was a harmless transformation and if he was in a situation where it was convenient to cause damage then it it was dangerous Mm -hmm. Um, maybe he can control it though i'm sure is this a violent explosion or a the power is within you (laughs) all right well we've uh, gone on quite a while on shazam and if you've stuck with us this long many thanks Uh, this has just been kind of fun for the both of us to recap our thoughts on uh, on this movie that we enjoyed a lot. Um, so I don't know if so there's much. anything I to add. I want to see it again soon. Yeah, yeah. You, you only saw it once, right? When you were that is correct. still here in LA. You literally did the opposite of what a superhero is supposed to do. How old are you? Basically 15. You electrocuted a bus and almost killed these people. And then I caught it! Okay, so um, I guess next uh, in the Shazam universe will be uh, 
I think the character Black Adam is uh, is supposed to appear. And I know the the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, has been in talks for uh, for a while. And I think he's Please actually put the rock in a shazam film please. yeah he's he's on uh he's lined up actually to do it for sure because he's an executive producer like i i remember seeing him in the credits oh yeah good mm-hmm. so i don't know good much times about, yeah black adam i think he might have similar powers to shazam but not not totally sure and i wonder if that is another nod to biblical lore like oh. um you know, he's, we've got Adam, Christ is the second Adam, and then maybe Black Adam is the dark version of a biblical patriarch. Um, um, but, but yeah, uh, very, I, I think just the whole, you know, being a superhero through a kid's eyes concept is, is very refreshing and unique. Um, yes. So, yeah, welcome. Um, shot in the arm, breath of fresh air. Uh, in, in the Shift whole to perspective, yeah, the the whole superhero genre. Um, Shazam, I guess he he's kind of like Superman, but um, yeah, but different, but different, <laughs> and he has a cool cape. Um, yes. All right, so yeah, stay tuned for next week. I will be talking about Leica Studios, The Missing Link. Um, so. Yeah, if you want to go out and catch that film before, uh, while you still can, definitely recommend doing that. Yeah. Um, and uh, otherwise, yeah, this has been the Thodcast conversations about animation uh, and superheroes and, <laughs> and superheroes. And what more appropriate time uh, to? I neglected to mention the 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 credits scene in Shazam. So oh, while, yeah. we're, while we're doing our credits, we'll also work in. <laughs> Ending credits scene in the podcast. That's Briefly awesome. mentioning, yeah, the, the animated credits scene. That was really cool. Like the pencil hand-drawn, like he's meeting all the different uh, DC, you know, Justice League characters. Yeah, that was so fun. Like culminating in him going to prom with Wonder Woman, I guess. <laughs> he, I yeah. think, what, who is jealous of him when he does that? Is it Bruce Wayne? I think he's like shaking his fist. Uh, yeah, because Bruce. like he steals the Batmobile too, right? <laughs> Something. It was an adventure in its own right. A silent, a silent film. Um, yeah. Anyways, very, very charming. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, stay, stay till after the credits, because uh, plenty of uh, stinger scenes in these films. Um, yeah. Uh, episode twenty-three of the Thodcast. I'm Philip Elke. I'm Dawson Elke. Thank you all for listening. Shazam!